Our reading um, is again 2 Timothy 2, verses 8 to 13. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Thank you, Natalie. Good morning, everyone. How are you? It's a beautiful day, isn't it? My name's Tim. Uh, please do keep those Bibles open. And let me just read again from verse 11 and 12. God's word says this, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Let's pray together, shall we? Well, thank you for your moving already in this service. And I humbly pray, God, that as I speak now, you would speak to us and we pray, Lord, today for your strengthening, for your encouraging, for your comfort, that we might endure for you. Amen. Amen. Well, today I want to speak about, and that's why I picked up on the passage, I want to talk about endurance. Today I want to talk about keeping going for and with God, enduring in the strength that he gives us to live for him. And we're going to think about what that means for our own lives but as we unpack these Bible verses that we just had read, we're going to think about what was going on in the life of the person who wrote them. So this letter is written by a man named Paul to a man named Timothy. So it's written to Timothy, and you hear sometimes hear preachers joke about the letters to Timothy. It's written to Timothy. It's not funny, but you've got to make people smile somehow. And Paul was trying to uh, say many things to Timothy. You can read about Paul's life, especially in the book of Acts, his conversion, his commission, he was an apostle of God. Paul was a man who'd been commissioned by God to share the good news about Jesus, especially to the Gentiles, as in the non-Jews. And when we read this letter to Timothy, we know we have an insight, a picture into what is happening in Paul's life. And we see this from verses 8 and 9. Let's read it again. We can read with me. This is my gospel, says Paul, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. So what's happening in Paul's life? He's in prison and he's chained up. Even though he's done nothing wrong, he says, I'm suffering for the gospel, even to the point of being chained up. And as we think about uh, keeping going today, enduring for God, I just want you to place yourself for a second in the shoes of someone who not only is in prison, but someone who's been imprisoned for Jesus. As in, they are directly there because they have tried to encourage other people to turn their lives to Jesus Christ. I imagine it could be incredibly discouraging. You think, I've done nothing wrong. I've only done what God has called me to do, and yet here I am, finding myself in prison. Well, we don't just get an insight here into what Paul is facing, but we actually get a glimpse of how he is facing it. Let's read again from verse 10. So he says, I'm chained like a criminal, but he says this, I endure everything, I'm keeping going for the sake of the elect. And by that he just means Christians. So I endure everything for Christians that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. 
So Paul is saying, even though I'm in prison, even though I'm suffering, and being in prison, by the way, is just one part of his many sufferings for God, he says, I endure everything. I am keeping going with the gospel and its power in mind. And the way he's putting this across to Timothy is it's like he's saying, learn from my example. I'm enduring. So Timothy, the call is to you for you to endure as well. Do what God's called you to do. And there are so many, if you took across the, the whole letter, there are so many verses that we could pull out to look at the way that Paul exhorts, encourages, commands Timothy to do what God's called him to do. Let's just take a couple of verses from the start of chapter four. You can flick there in your Bible, it'll also come up on the screen. So Paul says to Timothy later on in the letter, I give you this charge, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage. To pick up on this word, with great patience and careful instruction. Keep going, have patience. In season and out of season, whether things seem fruitful or not. Keep going, Timothy. Let's look at verse five of chapter four. He says, but you, keep your head in all situations. Here's this word, endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. So not only is he saying, keep doing, keep pressing on with what God has called you to do, but do it in such a manner that whatever you face, whether it's encouraging or discouraging, in season and out of season, you are keeping going, you are enduring in God's strength. See, Paul, who was writing this, we also know that he is at the end of his life. We know where he is and we know his perspective. He says this in verse seven of chapter four. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith, says Paul. And what he's doing in this moment to Timothy is saying, my race might be over. My race is run. But Timothy, your race is still going. So keep going with God. Timothy, keep doing all that God's called you to do. Keep running the race. Keep fighting the faith. Remain faithful to Jesus Christ through every situation. Now I want to ask a question here. Uh, hands up if you're a young pastor named Timothy. Oh no, that's just me. That's just me. Um, this isn't just written to young people called Timothy who happen to be in sort of church ministry. God wants to say the same thing to you today. Whatever your life stage, whatever's going on, whatever your future, whatever your past, God wants to say to you today, keep going. Hear God say to you today, endure. Hear God say to you today, run the race, fight the good fight, keep the faith. And as we think about that, we might want to think about this question. Let me put this question to you. Uh, how is your relationship with God going at the moment? How's your relationship with God? Maybe you're here today and you wouldn't say that you have a relationship with God. You wouldn't call yourself a Christian. That's great. We're so glad you're here. But if you are here and you would say you have a relationship with God, how is that really going? And you might want to think about how you would answer that question if someone that you trusted asked you. How's it going? Can I just say, can we be a church that asks each other that kind of question? You might want to do it at the end of this service. Hey, how's your relationship with God? What's really going on? Hey, where can I pray for you? You know, when I think about how I'm doing at the moment, yeah, things are okay, I think. I think, I think they're okay. Thinking about, there's a lot of uncertainty in my life at the moment, what's next? I'll talk about that briefly in a bit. 
I had a great time with God recently at another church, whisper it. Uh, night of worship, good stuff, that was encouraging. But what's God doing in your life? Do you hear his voice at the moment? What's he saying to you? How is your prayer life? What's it like when you come to church like this? And so on and so on. There's many questions we could think about. But the question our passage today asks us is, can we say, like Paul does, whatever I face, I endure everything? As in, whatever's going on, is endurance, is perseverance, a mark of our faith? Is it a marker, a distinguishing feature of our relationship with God? Can you say this this at the moment? I'm keeping going with God. I endure everything. Now I'm sure you take a big room like this full of people, there'll be a sort of a mixed bag, there will be a mixed group. But wherever we're at, there's a real word of encouragement for us here as we think about endurance. There's a real word of encouragement. So let's read verses 11 and verses 12 together. And here we should note that Paul is quoting some kind of early Christian hymn And he says to Timothy, here's a trustworthy saying, and here's the hymn, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Paul is reminding Timothy, here's a trustworthy saying, Timothy, listen up. Those who have died with Christ are going to live eternally with him. And those who endure with Christ are going to reign with him. And this reference to death and new life is a reference to the idea in the New Testament that part of becoming a Christian involves dying. You see, when we come to Jesus Christ, we put our faith in him, we say sorry for our sin, our old sinful selves die a death. In fact, in some mysterious, glorious way, Jesus' crucifixion was the crucifixion of my old sinful self. This is true for you as well. Your old self died with Jesus on the cross. And now because of that, you stand to receive eternal life in Jesus Christ. So even though you might die in the body, we all will, you are going to be raised to eternal life with God. Here's a trustworthy saying, says Paul. If we died with him, we're going to live with him. But we don't just get a picture of what's going to happen. We get a picture of the quality of that life. He continues, if we endure, if we keep going, if we persevere, we will also reign with him we're going to reign with Jesus might not be that familiar a concept to us as we think about what eternal life is like but part of what is our sort of glorious destination as Christians is that we're going to be part of God's ruling and reigning his his administration his kingdom in the life to come we're going to share in the glory of Jesus look what Paul says he says I endure everything for the sake of the elect the sake of Christians, that they may too obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. Now notice Paul knows that he's got hold of something here. He's saying, I've obtained it, but guess what? I'm enduring for the sake of people, for other people attaining something as well. And look what comes with salvation in Jesus Christ. Let's have that verse on the screen again, please. I endure everything that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Salvation with Jesus Christ isn't just about what God does here in our lives now, although that is true and that's amazing. We are headed for eternal glory with Jesus Christ. Today, if you are feeling 
weary, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling discouraged, maybe it's asking you that question about how your relationship with God is going. You say, actually, yes, it isn't going so great at the moment. Be encouraged that whatever the state of your present right now, there is eternal glory waiting for you to come. And you might sort of come back to me when I say that sort of thing and say, well, Tim, look, if you really knew what's going on in my life, that might come across as a bit trite, as in just hold on, don't worry about it, because heaven's coming. And sometimes we find it hard, don't we, to understand what, what is heaven, what's it going to be like, what's that actually mean? And I would just say this to you, heaven is going to be glorious because Jesus Christ is glorious. Heaven is going to be wonderful because Jesus Christ is wonderful and we're going to be with him. One day you're going to stand face to face with Jesus in all his splendor, in all his beauty, in all his holiness, in all his majesty, in all his wonder, in all his glory. So keep going. Endure. Things might not be beautiful, glorious and wonderful at the moment, but you're going to be with the one forever who is just like that. And there's something else to say about this as we think about keeping going. It's good to remind ourselves, isn't it, that this life that we live right now isn't heaven. Look how beautiful it is outside right now. Isn't it a glorious day? Mm, lovely. But this isn't heaven. This isn't it. And sometimes the danger is we take our lives, you know, we're in the West, we're in London, we might have good things going on, you know, there's a level of like, I can control things about my future. We think life's pretty good. And the danger is we, we elevate it too highly and we bring heaven too low. This isn't it. You know one of the things that really tells me that my life currently isn't heaven? I've always wanted to admit this publicly. I've for some reason thought about doing this in a sermon. I sometimes get tired during worship. <laughs> you ever feel like this or is it just me? I love worshiping Jesus, okay? I love it. I'm a worship leader. I can keep going for hours sometimes, but then sometimes I'm like, I am so done right now. I'm in the presence of Almighty God, worshipping him, and I'm like, oh man, I want to get home. I'm so done. Obviously, none of you ever feel like that because you're much holier than I am. But it's just a really obvious reminder to me that one day I'm going to have the strength because I'm going to have a glorified body to keep going and worship for God. And I know that's a small example, but apply it to whatever is going on in your life. When it feels hard to keep going, remember that this isn't all there is, that this isn't heaven, but one day we're going to be with Jesus in eternal glory. So keep going. So there's a real encouragement there, and I hope you can receive that. There's also something here, I think, of a challenge as we think about enduring and keeping going with God. Let's read uh, verse 11 and verse 12 again. Paul writes, If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. And then he continues, If we disown him, he will also disown us. So if we died, we're going to live. If we endure, we will reign. And then he says, But if we disown Jesus Christ, he's going to disown us. And when you read this, I'm sure it brings to mind those, verses, um, those words from Jesus in Matthew 10, where Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me, I'm going to acknowledge before the Father. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. 
To receive salvation with eternal glory, to be with the one who is glorious, we must acknowledge the name of Jesus Christ. And God will not save those who don't acknowledge the Saviour. And I think there's a challenge here, because what this isn't saying, let's be very clear about this, this isn't saying that if you acknowledge Jesus, that you can lose that future inheritance that's to come. You see, if we died, we're going to live. There's real certainty in it. If something past has happened, there's something certain for you in your future. Since we've died, the Greek has the sense of, if we've died with him, we're going to live with him. But this hymn was... Uh, sung by, I imagine, or spoken by Christians who were facing persecution. This is so often the context of the early church. This is why Paul was suffering. It's because the Roman Empire didn't like Christians. And these people who are facing persecution and specifically even death, martyrdom for their faith, what's the thing that they sort of encourage each other with? Well, on one hand, they encourage, encourage each other with the truth that if we died, we're going to live if we endure, we're going to reign. But then in that same moment, there's an encouragement through a challenge. They say, if we disown him, he's going to disown us. It even talks about being faithless. And what we need to do as Christians is we need to hold together both this certainty that we have in Jesus. We need to be able to rest in it. We need to be able to be assured of it. We need to be able to be certain of that glorious future that's to come but not lose sight of God as a holy judge. Those who disown Jesus will be disowned by him. And perhaps the challenge for us is that sometimes we go through life and we just lose sight of God's holiness, his righteousness, his judgment of people. Have you heard the phrase, sometimes God Almighty becomes God Almighty? You heard that before? God Almighty becomes God Almighty. We don't just lower what heaven's going to be like. Somehow we actually lower God. It becomes, he becomes a bit too familiar with us. We become a bit too familiar with what's, you know, what he's done for us. These Christians with this early hymn, there they were saying on one hand, if we endure, we're going to reign. But if we disown him, we're going to disown, he's going to disown us. And we just need to hold sight of the fact that God is going to judge us. Romans 14 says that everybody is going to have to give an account of their life. You're going to stand before Jesus in all his beauty and splendidness. Splendor. Splendiness? I don't know what that is. God does. You're going to stand before God. And okay, and what happens in that glorious moment? You're going to give an account for your life. And so the question for us is, what did we do with the grace that God showed us? Jesus told a terrible about some talents. What did, uh, the stories about what these men did with what God gave them, with them, what their master gave them. And the question is, what will we do with the grace, the mercy, and the beauty that God has shown to us? Will we have endured? Will we have kept going? Will we have persevered? Will we have fought the good fight? Will we have run the race? Will we have kept the faith? Because the purpose of your life, the purpose of my life, is not just to have a pretty good time here in the now. It's to come before our maker and hear him say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the, like the pinnacle, that's like the peak of your existence in life. Standing before Jesus and hearing him say those words to you, well done, good and faithful servant. 
And let me tell you, this is being stressed at the moment. This is being sort of brought top of mind in my life at the moment. Because as I said, I'm thinking about what's to come. And there's a bit of uncertainty because uh, my curacy is coming to an end and I need to find a new role. And I'm trying to seek God for that. I'm trying to pray, but you know, you've got to apply for things and, and so on and so on. And as I think about my future, I start thinking, well, God, I'd, I'd quite like to live somewhere that's quite nice. Lord, I'd quite like to live in a city. And it, has to, it should be a city, Lord, because there's lots of young people in cities. Lord, I'd quite like a nice house. Lord, I'd quite like some nice people in the church that I'm hoping I'm going to get to go to who are quite, you know. Do you see where I'm going? As in, I sort of put these conditions on my future. And, and the danger is that instead of thinking about what am I giving for Jesus, what am I enduring with? I'm just focused on the here and now. See, the purpose of my life and the purpose of yours is not to become focused on these good things that God gives us, but to endure through everything so that he might say to you, well done. You endured. You overcame. Well done, good and faithful servant. That should lead us to the question, I think. How? How do we keep going? What does it mean? And maybe at the moment for my life, it means something slightly different to yours, just in terms of our circumstances. But there's also, as Paul's encouragement to Timothy here, such a clear encouragement about how we endure. So I'd like us to read verses 8 and 9. This is Paul's command to Timothy and also Paul's viewpoint. Verse 8, Paul says, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I'm suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. So throughout the whole letter of Timothy, there's all these encouragements for Timothy to do things, to work hard, to keep doing the ministry that God's given him to do, all those things about preach the word in season and out of season, all of that. But what's the great encouragement? How does he keep going? How does he endure? What's the point of it all? Paul says, remember Jesus Christ. How do we endure? How do we keep going? How do we persevere? It is as we look to, as we remember him. The one who's been descended from David, the one who's been raised to life. And the great secret to us enduring, doing this thing God's called us to do, isn't about relying on our own strength. See, there is lots for us to do. God has commanded you to bear fruit in your life. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command. God has a pattern and a way of life for you to obey and live out. But enduring isn't specifically just about doing those things in our own strength, but looking to and remembering the one whose strength we need. And this is what Paul does. Let's look at verse 8 again. He says, remember Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do. Raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But just look at Paul's perspective here. Even though he's in chains... Even though he is suffering, he says, but God's word is not chained. In other words, for Paul, when he thought about Jesus Christ, when he remembered him, it helped him see what was going on in his life in the right kind of way. Even though he was in chains, he knew that God's word was not in chains. And we need to do the same thing with our own lives, to view our lives through the gospel, to view our lives through what God has done, through his power to save a few weeks ago, Jago talked to us about having gospel glasses, and that was, we're thinking, what does it mean to live in a political world? Do we, are we left or are we right? And the encouragement was, we need to have gospel glasses, and that is true. But we also need to do that, this is what this is getting at here. We need to see our life through the gospel. 
So like Paul, we might be able to say, even if I'm in chains, God's word isn't chained, and so on. Do you remember that famous verse in Hebrews? When everyone talks about endurance or keeping going, this is the verse that comes to mind. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. How do we do it? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So today, if you're feeling discouraged, distracted, all the other dis words I could come up with, disconnected, disappointed, remember Jesus Christ. If you need to endure, if the call to you to endure today is this thing of yes, but it's so hard to because of what's going on or what's been going on, remember Jesus Christ. But then also, maybe we might need to be challenged today and we've kind of fallen into that thing of like forgetting that my life's going to be judged and maybe we fall into a little bit of apathy and we fall into a little bit of hard-heartedness or half-heartedness and we've kind of forgotten about all the good things that God has brought us. We've forgotten to keep our eyes on him. If that's you today, remember Jesus Christ. View your life through the gospel. You see, God has promised to get you home. God has promised to get you over the line. As I said, the secret to endurance isn't about somehow, you know, getting, like, pulling all our strength together and trying to do everything in our own strength. Instead, it's looking to Jesus. And when we think about what God has promised to do, we realize that he really does have power to save us. Paul said, I've fought the good fight, I've kept the faith, and then he said, I've finished the race. And I just want us to think for a second about how we're going to finish the race with God. And I want to illustrate it with uh, a little story that I saw on the news that you might well have seen. And the story is of two friends finishing a marathon together. And the friends are Rob Burrow and Kevin Sinfield. And Rob and Kevin are friends, and one is and one was professional rugby players. They played rugby league together. They've both been very successful But the significant thing to note about these two men is that Kevin ran the marathon while pushing his friend Rob around in a specially designed wheelchair. So here's a picture. This is from two weeks ago. So you can see Kevin, who's the one pushing the wheelchair. He's running. And then you can see his friend Rob in front of him. And Rob, in in 2019, was given a diagnosis of motor neurone disease. And you might not think it to look at him now, but he was a strong-built rugby player. But now, because of what he has, he needs to be pushed around. And it's an amazing story because this whole uh, marathon in Leeds has been... uh, It's named after Rob, and it's around uh, raising money for motor neurone disease. But the bit, I think, that really caught people's attention about this is what happened around the race. So not only did um, Kevin uh, finish the race in 4 hours and 20 minutes while pushing his friend... Something happened specifically at the end of the race, and it was this. Just before they got to the finish line, Kevin picked his friend up out of the wheelchair. He took him in his arms. He kissed him, and he walked him over the line. He scooped him up. He held him in his arms. You can, on the video, you can see he kisses him. He says a few words. I wonder what he says. And he walked him over the line. 
And I show this to show you, this is a picture of what God promises to do for you. To scoop you up, to kiss you, and to carry you home. Enduring isn't about your own strength, it's about his. And if you know Jesus Christ, you know the one who is going to carry you home. Falling into the arms of Jesus, I think, is like a picture of salvation. You think about the prodigal son, what happens, he comes home and the father grabs him and carries him. But falling into the arms of, of God is also a picture of coming home. And maybe in your life you've just been looking to some other things. You haven't been remembering Jesus Christ. You've been falling in the arms of some other stuff. You've just lost sight. Maybe through discouragement. Maybe just through sort of forgetting what God's done for you. Today, can I encourage you to come into the arms of Jesus Christ? Can I encourage you to fall into the arms of the one who has promised to help you endure, to keep you to the very end? The one who has promised to carry you over the finish line, to finish the race, into a glorious eternal future with him. Let's pray together, shall we? God, I want to thank you for those two men, for Kevin and Rob. Just pray that you bless them today. I didn't pray this earlier, but today, Lord, I pray that you would heal Rob in Jesus' name. And Lord, that you would use that story, just as you spoke to me about the way you carry us, you just use their story not only to inspire and encourage, Lord, but ultimately to point people to you. Thank you that you have promised to see us home. So Lord, today, help us look to you. Help us remember you, Jesus Christ. You are our strength and you are our hope. 